Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. Who else you know around the city doing it better than this? Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. It's me, the Fantasy Football Fiend himself, Zay. Of course, I got my main man on with me, Young Vander. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? Yo, we got a lot to cover, a lot of news. We got injuries, several observations from the weekend, some advice of how to advance through the dog days of fantasy. We're kind of getting to that part of the year where the excitement is beginning to wear off with with some of your average players, not with the fiends, of course. And we're going to give you some strategies to kind of make the best out of this time of year. And other than that, your good old football-related hijinks. Bonjour, Kenichiwa, good day, a hola, como esta, good day, mate, Uten Teg, and what's popping to my people right here at home? Let's hop into it. Let's start off with your news. And now your fantasy news. All right, all right. So we have a few different injuries that we have to discuss, try to figure out if there's a pivot. For some of these, they may have been the guy that you were just kind of keeping around for a pivot from someone else. So it might not kind of hurt you too bad. But uh, we found out Sunday morning that Tua Tungvaloa was having issues with his left finger, still had the rib issue as well, per his coach, Blind Flores. His middle finger has a fracture, and apparently it was kind of swollen, um, giving him some issues. He really couldn't grip the ball and things of that nature. So yet another injury to tack on to Mr. Tungabaloa. They indicated that it's day-to-day. Normally when it's a day-to-day type of a thing, that means they aren't they aren't going to be out long-term. Um, he could possibly be back next week, but Tua is suffering another injury. We got Devontae Booker, who's not too concerned about his hip issue. Um, he suffered a little bit of a, a hip issue in Sunday's game, but uh, it looks like he's going to be good to go this coming week. And it's a possibility that Saquon may be ready to go as well. James Robinson had that heel issue that he was trying to get over. He ended up not going this Sunday. He's listed as, as being expected to play for Week 10. Based on the information that was coming out, um, they, they sound like they were expecting him to go this past week. That ended up not happening. So that's definitely something to monitor as far as the Jacksonville running back situation is concerned. One of the bigger injuries, if you will, that may be a multi-week thing, you have Chase Edmonds of the Arizona Cardinals who limped off the field slowly in the early moments of their contest going up against San Francisco when yesterday James Conner went off. He definitely took the bull by the horns. Even Eno Benjamin looked good out there as well. But Chase Edmonds is likely to have a high ankle sprain. And uh, we kind of know based on the timetable from other athletes, normally when it's an ankle sprain of the, the high variety, that's normally like a what, four to six weeks to get right now this injury here is, is, is 
very key in comparison to the other injuries you speak on. I think James Conner overnight jumped to the RB1 category. He's already was getting most of the like goal line touches. I think he's already do- over double digits as far as uh, rushing touchdowns this year, but now he's he's taking in more of a role. Uh, and he's also pretty fresh in comparison to his times of like Pittsburgh That's where true. they was running him, running him, running him. This year he did, you know, carry a lot less. So at this point in the season, he should be, you know, have some fresher legs. So this guy is definitely uh, an RB1 to me. And even when they were, um, even when Edmonds went out, they still didn't make him a workhorse per se. They still worked in Eno Benjamin to make sure that Connor wouldn't be overloaded. So I, I think Arizona may have the formula to get the best out of Connor without putting him in harm's way as far as injury is concerned but with that being said as the weeks go by you know when we're talking about you know possibly a four five six week time span for Edmonds to get right again that may kind of lend itself to going right back to what normally hampers him like once he's been dependent on he's he's a little bit of a different guy so but like you said from from outside looking in he looks to be a a running back one going forward so you know maybe you can go out there and grab him you know before his his owner really flips that switch, um, but he's been getting touchdowns pretty much all year. There were a couple of injuries with the Panthers-Patriots game. Both of the starting running backs for the Patriots, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, they both ended up with head injuries. So that left Brandon Bowden as the team's lone healthy back on Sunday, and they made J.J. Taylor inactive, a healthy scratch um, this prior Sunday. So that's something to kind of take a look at. I'm not sure if any particular injury would was worse than the other or are they both likely to be ready for next week but with concussions or with head injuries as, as it's been labeled you just never really truly know how that's going to shake out also in that same game Janu Smith hurt his shoulder and Janu isn't the tight end right now that I that I saw him being in my mind's eye um, Hunter Henry is doing the thing um, he's continuing that touchdown streak he's one of Mac Jones favorite targets at this point in the game you had uh, Trey Sermon as a healthy scratch so he's apparently still in the doghouse with Arizona Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray, neither one of them could go. So hopefully they'll be back and ready to go this coming weekend. But Arizona kept trucking right along without their two best players and actually made it look as if nothing had changed. Arizona may be in that window where they just can't be touched. That level of confidence just really bodes well for any team. Um, Once you can prove that even when it's not your best day, you still look your best, a major step towards the goals that they have for this current year. Ezekiel Elliott, he suffered a right knee contusion. He was forced out of Sunday's game against the Broncos with that right knee issue. There has not been any update just yet as to if this was serious. Obviously, it was serious enough for him to be out of the game, but if it's serious enough for him to have to miss a couple of weeks or not, um, the Cowboys just in general, they really didn't have much of a game going up against a team that most thought would be kind of easy for them to get by, but the Broncos had an old-school shellacking that they put on Dallas. That was one of the most surprising outcomes of any of the matchups that I was able to take a look at this week. Yeah, most definitely. Um, that's one thing about the foot by football. You know, um, we've seen a lot of divisional leaders went down this past Sunday. I mean, you had the Raiders, uh, you had the Rams, you had the Bills. You know, you had a lot of good teams that was losing to teams that seemed more inferior. But hey, matchups, it's all about the matchups. And then also you had 
Dak Prescott coming in without really practicing for the last two weeks and jumping right into the fire. True. So True. I think that also played a part. He missed C.D. Lamb on two. Could have been two touchdowns, like two bombs. We definitely seen that he was a little off with his uh, throwing. And actually, let me take back my previous statement. The most surprising outcome was Jacksonville 9, Buffalo 6. Right. No touchdowns being scored at all in this game. I don't know if it was Buffalo overlooking Jacksonville or Jacksonville showing the full capability of their defense when they're all in. But that game really shocked. I'm hoping that the trend for the weekend, if you will, doesn't continue this evening because that may bode well for Chicago over Pittsburgh. We had uh, several other games going on where um, there were some uh, keen observations, I would say, (laughs) that I was able to glean with some of the players there. I noticed that I'm going to your team, San Fran. Mm -hmm. I noticed that it seems to either be a Debo game or a Kittle game. Like Mm -hmm. it's very seldom that both get off in the same span. I don't know if that's scheme wise. I know they were saying that Debo's calf was a little bit worse than what it was last week and they didn't want to overload him. And it seems like that's the only time that Kittle gets his just due. I agree with that. Um, But I think it's a little bit of both. They definitely didn't want to throw too much on uh, Debo going into this week. You actually seen uh, Ayuk. Yeah, he touchdown. I think he had like eight targets yesterday, so he was able to get a little bit more involved in offense, which I think he will be more involved moving forward. But Kittle is pretty fresh right now. I mean, he's missed most of the season. He's coming in. He's pretty fresh. So I think it probably was a little bit of both. You know, it's true that they both seem not to get off at the same time. I think that's has something to do with scheme and also health. A little bit of both played a part yesterday. Did you get a chance to see any of the Carolina New England game? No, not much. I didn't see much of it. Well, let me tell you, the gist of it is Sam Darnold sucks. Sam I did Darnold, see the box score. I okay. Did see that. Yeah. I mean, Sam Darnold, man, I mean, he he's legit going back to what you saw with the Jets. I don't know that he can be fixed. And the worst part about it is I truthfully, honestly feel that had he never gone to the Jets, had he started his career somewhere else, we probably wouldn't even be having this conversation had he been brought along the way he should have been. But Sam Donald just seems to be snake bitten at this point. Um, he, he just can't get right. He, he has all the tools that you would want. Now, granted, the offensive line can use a little work, but I mean, there's several teams that you could say that about and their quarterbacks aren't putting up the the performances that Sam Donald is. Carolina may have an issue on their hand that they, they may have to really take a look at fixing this offseason. Yeah, I definitely see Carolina in offseason pursuing a quarterback. Not sure it's going to be via draft or free agency, but... I don't think Sam Donald would be the answer moving forward for this franchise. I do see them uh, going out, trying to grab another quarterback that fits that scheme. Do you see them holding on to him as a backup, or do you think they end up releasing this guy? Because they aren't paying him very much. I think he could very well be a backup. He also could be probably be traded for maybe day two compensation True. in the draft. Uh, he may be a go for a fourth rounder, you know, fifth rounder to, to another uh, quarterback needy team. There's a few out there that may be looking for a quarterback. So I, I could definitely see that. It's either one or two. He could either be a quarterback uh, backup due to the salary wise or be traded for a day two pick. Now, another quarterback situation to speak on, more so of the fascinating variety. The Jets have a bit of a QB situation. And it's funny to me that they didn't realize the talent in the room before they went out and spent a draft pick on Flacco. But from all accounts, Mike White is more than serviceable. From all accounts, based on what happens past week, Josh Johnson 
is serviceable and you still have Wilson that's about to come back off of injury. So it, it, it feels like they didn't even realize what they had in house before making a move to go get a guy that's not really a, that guy anymore. Well, these quarterbacks you speak of are journeymen. Absolutely. Um, so it's Flacco at this point. Though. I think Josh Johnson probably had more NFL, even on more NFL teams than I have girlfriends in my life. So, <laughs> I mean, this guy been everywhere. You know what I mean? At his house, he got damn near every jersey in his uh, man cave. But Mike White also has moved around a little bit. And when you, you know, you, you come into a team, you're taking over a new franchise, you want to get a new face, you want to get the next big deal. So you're going to look for that via draft, get the young guy to come in and play the next decade here. But I think they made the right move as far as going for a quarterback. Because all these other guys have been cut, 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 cut everywhere they went. So nobody would look at them as being the guy. Oh, no, I, I'm not I'm not speaking towards Wilson. I'm talking about spending a draft pick on Flacco when you had two good backups already. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. Well, I mean, w- Wilson made sense based on the position yeah, that they yeah. were in. But why would you spend a draft pick on Flacco? Do you see Flacco starting over Mike White or Josh Johnson? I don't see I, him putting up the points either one of them did. No, not right now. I think they didn't know what they had in Mike White because, I mean, this is that was really his first time receiving, like, game time action for this team. True, though. true, true. So they didn't know. They, they knew Eric, Flacco has a resume. You know what I mean? So that's why you see the, the Fitzpatricks of the world, the Colt McCoys of the world. They always can find a job because they have a resume of doing it. I got like Mike White with no resume. Of course, we're going to make this trade, get Flacco, bring this veteran in, Super Bowl winning quarterback to maybe, you know, stomach the blow for a couple of games until Wilson comes back. But Mike White just took advantage of the situation and made the best of it. So now they got something to think about. And, and they find themselves in the middle of a, a good problem, which is the opposite of what most teams run into. But now you have four quarterbacks in the room. Somebody got to get cut. Yeah. You would think. And it's crazy. Josh actually played pretty decent. He did. Considering what he had. It may actually bode well for Josh or for Mike White to get cut because somebody else is going to pick them up. I don't right. I don't know that anyone else would immediately or in the near future pick up a Flacco if he was cut. So Right. So another jersey for Josh Johnson. It, well, there you go. <laughs> jersey Absolutely. number 10. You know what I mean? So. I think he might have Frank Gore beat at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely yeah, <laughs> for sure. Baltimore, man, Baltimore versus the Vikings. Something told me at halftime when the Vikings were up, watch out for Baltimore because they still going to win this game. Baltimore is just built different. They really have something going where it doesn't matter what the score is. It doesn't matter if it's a good game, a bad game, or somewhere in the middle. They have the confidence, and they've shown the ability to be able to come back from two touchdowns, two or three scores in some cases, and still pull out the game. That was one of those games where I was just like, this is a team that come playoff time when it's 0-0, whoever wins this week goes on. This is a team that is built for the mental toughness that is needed to kind of get through those dog days of the NFL where everybody's injured, everybody's tired, but everybody has a goal in mind. Baltimore seems to be built for that. They really surprised me with what they were able to accomplish. Yeah, man, Lamar Jackson is a, a straight-up dog. He is. You know what I mean? Like, uh, the way this team is constructed with their leader, Harbaugh, this team just never, like, lays down. They will not put their head down. They're going to keep fighting, keep scratching. And they, they're never really out of games. You know, you got some teams that they'll just go ahead and, you know, okay, we're we not coming back or whatever. But to say Lamar Jackson is not the passer, everybody want to say he is, he comes back from uh, big deficits all the time. Passing the yep. ball, 
You know what I mean? So he had over 100 yards rushing yesterday, but at the same time, I think he threw for like three three scores. So, if you uh, saw some of those passes, man, you, you you would never let it come out of your mouth again that that man can't throw the ball. I mean, he talking about fitting it in. in I think it's just the way it looks. You know what I mean? It doesn't look like your typical quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the way the, his delivery is, it just looks, but it, it's, it gets there. You it know gets what I mean? There. <laughs> it's, it's not the. The form is the shot. You know what I mean? So absolutely, yes. Yeah, some people got a funky form, but as long as yeah. it goes nothing mm-hmm. but net, we good. I mean, right. don't change something that's working. That's how I right. look at it. Right. We had another week of Philadelphia just not making much sense with what they do. So I guess Gainwell is now a goal line back, um, <laughs> even though Jordan Howard and Boston Scott are the bigger. Uh, more stout, if you will, more built for the goal line. Uh, and go uh, and Gainwell didn't get any goal line touches last week. Just like I said last week, I don't think they know what they're doing or what they have with their running game. And they're just kind of throwing people out there. Just just say, okay, you're going to get this many touches this week. You're going to get that many touches. I mean, I, it, it doesn't seem like they have a method to their madness. And this more solidifies the fact that I'm tired of trying to figure it out. I mean, but it seems like Jordan Howard has took over the role. I mean, Gainwell, yeah, he got a goal line touch, but he only had two carries. I mean, Jordan Which, Howard had 17 carries yesterday. And I don't I don't get that. Like and he th- he was just at Target two weeks that's, ago. That's you know crazy. what I mean? So this guy straight off the couch, man, 17 carries, 71 yards and a touchdown. And they wouldn't give Sanders anything close to that. Amazing. And he's a way more talented run, but I, I just I don't understand it. That that team really confuses me with some of their personnel moves. And yeah. and I, I believe it's time for them to to go in a completely different direction. Yes. Like they have no identity as a team right now. And it's 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 just kind of weird. It's just like the, the coach has figured out the run game is needed as soon as Miles Sanders get hurt. Right. <laughs> right. And he take a man off the couch to do it. So it's he, well, Miles Sanders is not his guy. So I think I think Oh that, yeah. Yeah, I think That's it's evident. a personal thing going on. I don't think it's really about But trade the guy. Why just let him sit there and rot and ruin his value? I mean, you can trade them to a running back needy team and get something for them, and then you can run out there every week, whoever you want to. But I mean, it's, it's it is what it is at this point in the game, I guess. Yeah. Your boy Javante Williams went off. He didn't he didn't get a touchdown this week, yeah. but he had over a hundred yards rushing. And if you saw those yards, most of them were hard earned, carrying people on your back for two, three, four extra yards. I mean, yeah. this guy is really going to be the truth when they unleash him. In the same breath. Melvin Gordon, he also had a hell of a game, both in the receiving and in the rushing game on yesterday. So he's not relenting, if you will, to make space for Javante, but that makes it all well for the Broncos in general because their running game is now right where it needs to be, and that's the type of running game that they need based on the type of passer and passing situation they normally find themselves in. I was surprised to see this team come out and run the ball so effectively against his Dallas Cowboy front. I was too. Uh, you know, who who been been really good against the run this year. I thought Bridgewater was going to be, you know, slinging around a little bit more, but they was running the ball effectively. Javante, great game, but it just seemed like Gordon would not let go. When Javante have a good game, Gordon has a good game. Yep. You know what it, I mean? It's like he would not let go. It's like, no, no. You know, his no. job in danger. Like, <laughs> he's literally fighting for his livelihood right yeah. now. I mean, when you think about it now, if we remember just a couple years back, when he was trying to leave the Chargers or get as much money from the Chargers as he could, 
the Broncos were the only other team to even offer him a contract. I mean, it may be Denver or bust for him. He legit has to show that he's still worth his paycheck, even though Williams may be the future. You may want to go ahead and still keep me around because I'm well worth the price of admission. At least Denver can use him now. He's on the stage. He's uh auditioning for other teams because I will feel Javante the surge coming when playing well I will feel more confident in the offseason to maybe trade Melvin Gordon to a running back needy team there may be some teams out there now who say okay you know Melvin Gordon ain't so bad right we bring him in take a look at him and then I'll feel more confident about moving him now knowing that I see that Javante may be ready to take the next step Buffalo get on the damn phone yeah Buffalo for sure (laughs) they definitely could use a guy like man a guy like Gordon would take Buffalo to that next level. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. I mean, even uh, it's a lot of teams, man. You'd be surprised. The Kansas City Chiefs, if they could, they would. Seattle. Seattle would if they could. I think I think Atlanta Falcons would if they could. I can see that too. Um, Mike Davis, that project. The Houston ain't, ain't Texans could True. would True. if they could. There's a couple teams out there that can use that that running back, a guy like him. Don't. Miami Dolphins. What am I talking oh, about? Oh, absolutely. I don't know what Baltimore is going to do because they, they got a, a, a ton of running backs. They're, they're going to be several right. people that may no longer be with them that will kind of make their way right. throughout the league, whatever the case may be. There's some situations out there that he could definitely improve, to say the least. We found out that Adrian Peterson looks like he's going to be the lion's share with rushing attempts with Tennessee. We also saw that McNichols is solidified in his pass catching. He's going to be the, the two-minute drill, third down back type of a guy. And it looks like right now Deontay Foreman is going to back up Peterson. And Deontay Foreman, uh, he looked like he had possibly a little bit more burst than what AD had. So that may be a situation to monitor as far as who ends up with the most attempts there. Also taking into account that this is AP's first game back in quite a while. So you can't really expect but so much. He did score and he was kind of making his way through those uh, tough runs. And instead of it ending up being, you know, a loss, which is where most running backs would have ended up, he still ended up making it a game. So I still like the Tennessee run game. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a carousel, a little bit of a committee. I definitely could see AP leading the pack in rushes with Foreman being right behind him. Maybe something like in a game script, maybe 12 rushes for AP, seven for Foreman, and the rest for the Nichols. So they split it up pretty good. Same team. Um, We were talking about Berkser possibly stepping up. It looks like he's losing his job to Jeff Swain. Swain is getting more targets. He's gotten consecutive touchdowns. Um, It just seems like Ryan Tannehill was kind of looking for him. I didn't really, I don't even recall if I heard Berkser's name mentioned once in the game, to be honest with you. So it looks like there's been a changing of the guard at the tight end position. And the guy that was the tight end too is now the number one pass catching tight end and Ferkser is moving further and further out of the picture. Yeah, he only had one target, caught a ball for seven yards. Uh, first, uh, again, one of the most disappointing uh, players this year as far as uh, preseason height coming into the season. A lot of people have him as a, a low-end tight end one going into the season. Uh, but the offense is quite not, it's not quite playing like people thought it would. It's not. When you've seen Julio and A.J. Brown, you thought it's going to be the middle is going to be wide open for first good. But these guys aren't beating guys one on one on the outside. So teams are not really having to put safeties on top of both of those guys. So the middle is not as open as we thought it would be. In your personal opinion, is it the scheme 
or is it the change in offensive coordinator? Is it the talent? Are, are we looking at like a, a downshift as far as Julio is concerned? And maybe Brown isn't quite right from injury yet? Or is it a combination of everything? Like what, what's going on? I would think it's a combination of a of everything. It's, I think the talent is probably the least of the worries. I think the guys are talented enough. I still think Julio is talented enough. And I still think AJ is talented enough. But the play calling and the routes that these guys are running, it, it just doesn't – something's missing. I mean, think about it. This is a team that's used to just running the ball eighty percent of the game, and now you're asking to bring in to some quality receivers that's used to getting the ball, and it's just it's just not quite panning out. Um, Green Bay, we get a glimpse of Jordan Love in his first opportunity. Yep. And um, I don't know if I know more or less than what I knew before the game start. I mean, I want to know what love is. Look, they're going to have an interesting offseason because, look, if, if that's what Green Bay has to look forward to, not even taking into account that it's likely that if Rodgers leaves, Devontae Adams is leaving too, and he couldn't get the ball down the field with Devontae Adams out there. Man, look, you, you may have enough time to start begging now and change Aaron Rodgers' mind. You talking about egg on somebody's face? Jordan Love does not look to be it. And unlike with a Wilson or a a Trey Lance and those type guys that are in their rookie year and trying to figure it out, this guy's had time. This guy should have came out looking like a Mike White type of a a situation to whereas he's been in the uh, practice room. He's been on the practice field. He's been in the preseason. He's had the opportunity to learn the playbook, but he's not showing up. I don't think that that's the, the basket they should put all their eggs in. That's just what I'm seeing out of Jordan Love right now. I mean, he was who we thought he was, to be honest with you. I didn't think anything of this guy. Yesterday's game and knowing what you have moving forward, the whole thing, Aaron Rodgers, that GM should be fired. It's time for that GM to go. I thought Uh, the GM should have been fired last year. I mean, without Aaron Rodgers, there's no move that that GM has made that that you can say, oh, well, without him, they wouldn't have been able to do that. Correct. But yesterday shown that, you know, he went out, he got this quarterback. And now we see what you did and how far you set back this this franchise. That move set them back pretty good because, I mean, they Absolutely. gave up some conversation to get them. I think that's they the draft. They moved that, up to get them, yeah. Right. And I think Aaron won a receiver. Isn't this the draft yep. that Jefferson was on the board? Which one of these talented receivers was out there? Most of them. Jordan Love to, got picked prior to that's several the, of that's the That's the same receivers. draft, correct, with Justin Jefferson in it? Yep, if I recall correctly. All right. Rodgers and his GM don't get along already. Get him out of there, and maybe you can save Rodgers. Maybe you can get him to stay because that guy's out of the building. And that's the main thing. <laughs> the, 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 main, the main issue that Rodgers has is feeling disrespected by the moves that this GM has made. Yeah. And at this point, it would be a huge vote of confidence for Rodgers or anyone else that may may want to come in the building that you chose your talent over the guy that you know pushes the buttons in the background. So sure. Same game. I believe that there's something going on with this backfield. Jones, it seems like he's just out for long spells of the game, and Dylan just takes over. It's like, well, we're going to give you three series, four series. I'm not quite understanding exactly what's going on in the backfield, especially with Dylan getting more targets than Jones. That's the staple of his uh, ability, if you will, the fact that he can catch out of the backfield. I don't know if this was just a, a Jordan Love type thing or what the deal is with that. It's the only game that I've seen it kind of flop, if you will, that way. So I don't know if it's because, again, Aaron Rodgers wasn't in the game or, or whatever the case may be, but 
it seemed to me that they would do quite a bit more rushing and passing out of the backfield, even if it's split between the two. Dylan seemed to get a little bit more run in this, so that, that was kind of surprising to me as well. Yeah, this has been uh, taking place the last couple of weeks. I've been mentioning here also on the show where A.J. Dillon was coming. The splits were getting closer and closer. And with Jordan Love being the quarterback, I had a feeling they would probably rush the ball a little bit more. And also, you know, throw more passes out of the backfield, being that his uh, lack of uh, experience. The A.J. Dillon drum is beating louder and louder. And the splits are getting closer to closer to 50-50. And that's pretty much where we are right now with these guys. They're getting closer to 50-50 as far as the splits. I think that trying to create the the jones williams type of scenario again yeah i can see that um, but i believe that pretty much wraps up the news and observations over the week uh, this next segment we're going to kind of get into the dog days of fantasy and how to take advantage of it and we're also going to speak specifically about the odell beckham situation and where we think the best fit for him will be some of the consequences if he goes to a team that isn't a good fit let's go ahead and hit that up All right, all right, all right. I'm sure all you fantasy fiends out there are fully abreast as to the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. is no longer a Cleveland Brown. With that being said, there are a few spots that are kind of on the radar, if you will. We're going to give you the top 10 current waiver order so you can kind of get a feel for who would have first dibs. But then we're also going to talk about where we feel like it would make the most sense for him. The current waiver priority is Detroit Lions number one, Miami Dolphins number two, Houston Texans third, Jacksonville Jaguars fourth, the Jets are fifth, the Washington football team is sixth, New York Giants seven, the Eagles eighth, Seattle ninth, and Chicago tenth. So that's the top 10 in the waiver priority currently. In all honesty, for me, there's only one team in that top 10 list that actually makes sense based on the quote that Odell Beckham or his camp put out that if a team that's not a contender and isn't going anywhere happens to pick him up off of waivers, it might not be a good situation. So he's essentially telling you, if you're a bottom dweller, I know you may need me, but I don't want you. Don't pick me up off of waivers or I will not be playing for you. That's the message behind the message that he's currently putting out. For several of the teams that are out there that have absolutely no chance at all of making the playoffs, such as your Detroit Lions, Miami Dolphins, Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars, the Jets, the football team, none of them make sense in in of the fact that he's already said that the only way you're going to get the best out of him and the only way he's going to be happy is if he's playing for a contender. Those don't quite make sense to me. Do any of those top five, top six, waiver order uh, candidates make sense to you as far as Odell is concerned? I mean, as far as the way Odell feels, no, because they don't fit the criteria. As far as team need, of course. Oh, I, most of these single teams, one of them need them. Yeah, <laughs> all these teams don't have wide receivers and, and, and uh, very wide receiver needy teams. But as far as for what he's looking for, the only team I see here that maybe fits the criteria is the Seattle Seahawks. And even with them, is that overkill? Is that too much? I know Russ would like him. So you'd have DK, you'd have OBJ, and you'd have Lockett. That's crazy, though. On a run first team. Something <laughs> will have to change there, though. You know, you would have to switch it up. I mean, to, in my opinion, Russell Wilson is the best deep ball thrower we have in this league. I can see that. Something will have to change there. 
if you, if you bring this guy in, then the offense need to change. You don't need to turn around and give it to Chris Carson 25 times. That need to go out the window. Maybe this is the move that you make to keep Russell Wilson in the fold. Because if we remember in the offseason, he was happy with moving on uh, with his career to another team. Maybe this is that that olive branch. You know, Pete Carroll is willing to kind of get with the times and kind of move away from his old school thought process on the offense and really give them the opportunity to because they, they, they literally may have to win every game here on out to have a chance at the playoffs based on the loss they've already taken and based on the division that they're already in. So I can see if that wide receiver room was willing to be unselfish, I can definitely see how it would help the team. And in all actuality, that was one of the teams that Odell put out there that was on his radar. So um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that works out. The Chicago Bears, they're definitely in need, and it would give them the wide receiver that they need to move on from Robinson. But I don't know that that might be kind of hopping out of the frying pan into the fire for OBJ. I'm kind of waiting on a rookie QB to kind of come along. He would definitely make Fields look that much better, though, with just his skill set. And one of the schools of thought is that no team may pick him in waiver and then they'll just negotiate him going where he wants to go. Because what you don't want to do is throw your team out of whack by bringing in someone who you know for sure, if he doesn't want to be there, will be a malcontent. Some of the the teams that OBJ has mentioned uh, over the last couple of years that he would love to play for, and it just makes sense to me as far as the direction that the team is going, my list would be Seattle, um, but then New Orleans, because I really believe that Michael Thomas doesn't want to be there, and he's playing it smart. He's using the medical side of the house to kind of give him what he wants. But I believe that if he truly, in his heart of hearts, wanted to be back, this wouldn't be a completely lost season for him. I believe that the San Francisco 49ers would also be a decent landing spot that would give them what they need as far as the deep threat. If any of their big wide receivers, whether it be Kittle, whether it be Debo or IU, if any of them are hurt, you won't have to worry about missing a step in their rookie quarterback. His calling card is his deep ball. So um, that could work out. And it's also one of the teams that Beckham mentioned by name. Uh, we talked about Kansas City. Kansas City would be a nice destination for him. They really have never really had, well, I won't say never. Watkins was a, a good enough wide receiver too, but if you give Mahomes Beckham as his number two, and now you're also putting number two corners on a number one wide receiver, that could definitely pay dividends, especially because this would be an easier transaction than trying to fix your defense. That's going to take an offseason or two to kind of get where you need it to be. Baltimore would be another team. Baltimore is someone that could definitely use a wide receiver one, and they are in place to be contenders, uh, which is one of the things that Beckham wanted. Hmm. And then the other, the other, the last two teams that I have, uh, Green Bay. Green Bay has needed a wide a wide receiver two for some years. Um, this may kind of put them in Rogers' good graces. You get rid of the GM and you go out and get Beckham. You might mess around and have uh, Aaron Rodgers stay. And that also works out for Jordan Love because he may actually be able to be a backup for a little bit longer versus being out on his ass and not being in the NFL at all. Because I don't see anybody else picking him up if Green Bay gets rid of him. Lastly, the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots could definitely use Beckham as almost a finishing piece. The defense is where it needs to be. The quarterback is playing beyond his years, and the only thing that we don't have is a true number one receiver. Nelson Aguilar is not it. He would be a great wide receiver, too. 
But uh, OBJ being in that number one spot there, seeing that there's chinks in the armor of the Buffalo Bills, the Jets aren't anything, and Miami isn't anything special, that literally may be the finishing piece that New England needs to reassert its dominance over that particular division. Um, but what teams are in the forefront of your mind as far as being great landing spots for OBJ? Well, definitely not New Orleans. Why would you want to go to New Orleans when they have a quarterback situation? Oh, I'm I'm not saying that, that he would like it. I'm just saying that would make sense for that particular team because they don't have a number one wide receiver. And Michael Thomas don't seem like he ever Well, I mean, he's going to make sense for damn near every team in the league. But well, that's true. as far as his fitting, what he's looking for, if he already said what he said, don't, don't, these teams don't need to inquire about him, in my opinion. I know he's a hometown kid in New Orleans. They before the trade deadline, they attempted to make a trade for him. But with Trevor Simeon as the quarterback or either Taysom Hill, that's not a place to go. I mean, you're going to a worse place than you are right now, in my opinion. One team that nobody is not talking about and people need to wake up and smell the coffee beans, the Folgers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Explain know, that one to me. You, you don't think that would be overkill? It is, but all I got to say is one thing. Odell has always said he wanted to play with Tom Brady. True. What else I need to talk about? And we all know how Tom feels about Odell. You know what? I'm <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure on this one because one thing that we, as we're mentioning teams that we don't have the information on, is the salary cap situation. And I want to say the Buccaneers are pretty close after bringing everybody back to not having that seven or eight million. If they just sign them, not off the waiver, because uh, Cleveland already is going to pay a certain part of that salary this year already. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. So he's a free agent if no one claims him. Right. But nine times out of a ten, someone that talented, do you think they would go and claim? Well, if he's saying what he's saying, why would you claim him? If he, if you might, if you're Detroit Lions. He's like, yeah, I got $7 million, but the man saying he don't want to be on that type of team, why would you claim him and put your – your? we just hold him hostage again? No, but if I was Seattle and I'm at number nine on that waiver list, I, I, I may not let him get past me. But the way Seattle team is looking right now, who knows if, when Russ is coming back. It's going to be a couple of weeks, but are they going to really be in the hunt, you think? I think that their worst-case scenario would be they would be they, – they may play the role of the spoilers just depending on when Russ gets back this year. But next year, they, they may have the the highest possibility of, of winning that division and, and getting to a Super Bowl based on their team construction. They already have the defense. If they, I, I, I would assume they would do something in the offseason for that running back position uh, based on the fact that Chris Carson just gets hurt every single year. At some point in time, you just got to admit it and, and do something about it. Penny ain't the guy. He's been hurt every single year. DJ Dallas is just the guy. Collins is literally the best running back, and he's kind of just the guy. So if they can fix the running back spot, um, like we said, like with the, uh, a Melvin Gordon type, and then having Russell Wilson back, and then having that plethora of wide receivers, I don't see very many teams that would be able to hang with them, especially with the accuracy and having essentially three number one wide receivers. I mean, I hear all that. And for next year, yeah. But that man trying to win right now, there's only a few teams that would be better for him right now. If he say he want to go to the contender, I don't think he's thinking about next year. I think he's thinking about winning this year. And I still see Seattle as a contender, though. I don't see them as a bottom dweller or anything of that nature. Mathematically speaking, they aren't out of it. Adding, again, that talent to that team and Russell Wilson coming back, they, they may not lose another game. Yeah, I see that. But they also have two teams in their division. That's pretty tough. True. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I mean? You still have the Rams. Um, you have the Cardinals. I mean, they right now, they're 3-5, and five, the Seattle Seahawks. Mm -hmm. So they're not quite out of it, but 
And the Rams are seven and two. Seven and two. Okay. Four games back of the Rams. They've already played the Rams. They they took an L in that one. They're five games back of Arizona. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's a tough division for sure. Which is why if I'm Pete Carroll, I go ahead and grab him. You know, he's he's the malcontent whisperer. And actually, Seattle is one of the teams that OBJ has mentioned by name. Seattle and San Francisco were two teams that he mentioned by name. So I'm a 49er fan. I would love to have OBJ before what he's saying if he want to go to a contender we might not be the team for you this year i, I, don't, I don't think he's looking at just this year i think he's looking at rest of rest okay. of career for him or or, okay. or or just like you said the two teams that he mentioned by name seattle and san francisco wouldn't necessarily make as much sense based on just this year so right. I, I think he's looking at who if i go to this team and everything works out the way that it could or should what team can I go to that I'm guaranteeing myself a spot in the playoffs damn near every year until the end of my career? And I can right. see that in Seattle. I can actually see that in San Fran. San Fran has been snake bitten with all the injuries as of late. I don't know if that's a in-house strength and conditioning type of a issue or, or what. They, they seem to stay hurt. I know. And, and it has a lot to do with the GM and coach as well. And the reason I say that is because they always seem to draft guys who have otherworldly talent but are constantly hurt and thinking that, well, we can kind of get that bruised can discount or that fruit almost too ripe discount and, and make something out of it. But I think they may want to look at a different approach. You got all these teams now are putting all the chips in the middle of the table. We've seen the Rams just picked up Von Miller. I mean, so you got teams that are going all in. They're all or nothing right now. And that's why I say do not sleep on the Buccaneers. I know – they got Mike Evans. I know they got Godwin. Antonio Brown is not currently hurt. And it seems like there's no room for this guy. But, man. Four wide receiver ones. I, I've, I've, like I said, <laughs> this guy said he, he always wanted to play for Tom Brady. Everybody knows Tom Brady is 57 years old. He don't have much time left. And you see how he gifted him the, the GOAT sneakers before the game? Yeah. Remember that? That picture where Odell gave uh, Tom Brady the cleats and they had, like, GOAT fur on it to say he's the GOAT? There's something there. And we all know how Tom. Absolutely. These guys love Tom. We know if Tom say, man, go get this glue. The only way I see that working is if he actually becomes a free agent. If he becomes a free agent. Right, right, right. I can see him, you know, say, hey, let let me go ahead and spend the rest of this year in Tampa Bay. And then I'll do, you know, I'll go wherever I want to go next year. And in all actuality, with Godwin leaving, and we don't necessarily know what's going to happen with Antonio Brown. Right. It could mess around and be Evans and OBJ next year in Tampa Bay. So yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't, they, they didn't come to the forefront of my mind when I was thinking of teams, but based mm-hmm. on wanting to be with the contender, right. definitely being in the playoffs and then being able to make it as where, well, I'll leave when time leaves. Right. Like that may be the golden ticket. If he can make it through waivers, that's going to be the right. main thing. I, I can't see 32 teams letting him slip through waivers. Hell, I think new England may, may get him at that 15 spot. If, if he makes it that far, <laughs> Bill likes him too. I know Bill like is yeah. real fond of him. They have a, a mutual admiration, if you will. Hell, if Tom Brady was still be, still there, it'd be a done daughter. But I can see with the progression and maturation of Mac Jones, he's already showing that he can he can throw the deep ball. He just don't have that guy to get it out there. And so, if you have that guy on that team, man, over. So what about what if the what if, what if uh, old Jerry tries something crazy? What if the Cowboys put a bid on him? That's another spot. I mean, I would look at them as no different than Tampa Bay. Honestly, if you go ahead and you put him on that team. And now you essentially have three wide receiver ones and a wide receiver two, plus your backfield, plus your tight ends, and I'm your. I'm able to try it from the Cowboys. I, Why if not? I'm, 
What do you lose? You know, yeah, I would try because especially with the kid, I don't think he's gonna be there next year anyway. Gallup. Gallup. Yeah, Gallup will be gone. So Gallup will that, be gone for sure. Yeah, so why not? I that, mean, that, that's a that team, be... that's a team that Dak throws a pretty good ball. Um Absolutely. they got a run game, they're in it, and I know they want to get a championship back. Easiest division in the league. You know, if, if Jerry Jones can get a once he buy gets a Super Bowl, he probably a end up passing. You know what I mean? He he, you know he could what? die. That's he could sad die to say, but I, I hate to I, say I, that. No, but no, I feel but like you come until he can win again. Yeah, he until he can win again, that guy's not gonna die. So <laughs> if he had to be 135 years old, he'll still be here. <laughs> he'll on figure Earth. it out, right? Yeah, he got enough money to figure it out. Yeah, he'll stay alive until he get a championship. So <laughs> yeah, but, and then the other side of the coin is, in all honesty, you can pay Odell Beckham a lot less than what you paying Cooper. Maybe you go with Cooper, Lamb, and Gallup versus going with Lamb, Cooper, and whoever else is that third wide receiver. And now you can spend a little bit more money on that defense. And honestly, that's what would make you a legit championship team. And then maybe you go the route of keeping OBJ and Cooper just because both of them get these ticky-tack injuries. And at any point in time, if any wide receiver on your team has any type of injury at all, you can let them recover. Versus having to yeah. play through it. So there's that side of it as well. I think the Cowboys have money too, by the way. Yeah, because they restructured Dak, they restructured Zeke, and they didn't pick up a defensive play. Right. Remember we were talking about them creating enough money that they could now go out and get a Stephon Gilmore type of a person in the secondary and, and be right. able to afford to pay. But they never did go out and get it. They never did go out and get anybody. So they have the money to be able to even claim him off of waivers and pay his current salary without him going to be a free agent. So that again is one of those teams where I would say, there's no way I would let him get past me. Another right. one, the Buffalo Bills. There's no way I would let him get past me and get the free agency. For sure. You said he, you wanted a contender. He's a hell of a lot better than Emmanuel Sanders. If you put Emmanuel Sanders as now your third wide receiver and you got Diggs and OBJ, that's another team that what more do you want? You got the quarterback you want. You got the, the pieces around you that you want. They're contenders, et cetera, et cetera. I just don't see him making it through waivers. Like There are too many teams that would make sense and that he could be that final piece for that I don't I don't see him getting his wish and going to free agency unless he gets to whatever team and then it's like look it's a wink wink handshake I'm only going to be here for the rest of this year and then I'm going where I want to go that's the only way that I can see that there's going to be somebody that playing defense and what I mean by that is somebody may put a claim in so he won't go to these other teams we speak of because if you're the Broncos and you hate the Chiefs you don't want him going to the Chiefs <laughs> that's true if you're that's the Chargers true. you don't want him going to the Chiefs. But actually, that's another great spot for them. They you know got quarterback. They, they're contenders. I mean, if you're the Raiders, you don't want them going to the Chiefs. If you're the Steelers, absolutely. you won't go. So I think it's going to be some teams out here that's playing, that's trying to block, and they may put a claim on him just to stop him from going to one of these other teams. That's a hell of a concept because when you think about <laughs> it, he's the type of guy that he can really turn the uh, or level the playing field or or even make the playing field unfair Correct. depending on where he ends up so yeah the, I well, uh, think about somebody like the cardinals like if one of these teams say yeah we mm. want to go there like, what the, <laughs> what, what's going on now like yeah and it can very well happen it, hey but how about this the rams don't have any picks but i believe they got enough money to uh pay him for this i year. don't even know where they find money at the Rams, though, like they, they give a damn by the salary cap or they, uh, luxury they just tax. People every year, they don't care about that. They're in California. They'll they find some money. Let dude dig in the couch and find five, five, six million dollars. Like, think about this: 
you replaced Van Jefferson with OBJ, and now Van Jefferson is your fourth receiver. Uh -huh. So you got Cup, Woods, and OBJ with Matthew Stafford throwing on the ball. Look, they won't have to worry about money because the team itself will bring in way more money than what they spend. It. I'm telling right. you, like that may be the piece that we just say, okay, Rams. Now y'all, y'all just playing unfair. Now what is this Madden? You done got Von Miller and you done got OBJ to a team that was already good enough to beat Tampa Bay, which was most people's Super Bowl pick. Yeah, that that would definitely be unfair at that point. Definitely gonna be interesting. I think four o'clock today will four be four o'clock uh, today. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll know a whole lot more. Our last topic for today, we want to talk to you a little bit about the dog days of fantasy. Uh, we're going to give you a couple of tips and tricks to kind of get you through into the playoff time. What we normally find is it's going to be evident that certain players aren't quite going as hard as they were. Some of them may have already quit or given up at this point. Never feel as if you're out of the race because that can turn very quick. Um, but there's a couple of points that we want to get out there. Keep your eye on the waiver, especially during these weeks. After bye weeks, a lot of times people had to make some pimp decisions, put some people out there on the waiver that in any other week they would not have put out there, but they had to get rid of someone, especially in your league, it's the shorter benches. They had to get rid of someone or they were going to take a zero. There may be a few people out on waivers right now that would literally surprise you. So keep an eye out on the waivers. Be active on the waivers. Um, be active. As far as trade partners are concerned, some people may be starting to hit the panic button and they're willing to trade for whomever. Just if you can make it make sense. You, you never want to stop working. Always work, 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 work. You want to make sure that you are putting out those fillers. There may be players like, let's say, for instance, a Stefan Diggs that you know his numbers are in route. But to the guy that had to suffer through all the down weeks, that person may be willing to get rid of them right now for a ham sandwich uh, just 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 because you made it make sense. Maybe they're hurting that running back. You can offer them a, you know, a high end RB2 and a high end uh, wide receiver, too, out of your stash, if you will, and get a guy that may be able to make the difference in the playoffs for you. So don't stop working. Now is not the time to stop working. Right. I think um, that's like in the financial world. They got this term called leveraging your credit for cash. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is the time to start leveraging some of that credit, going off some of the things you said and some of the things that has transpired like this past week. You have a James Conner. Mm, Most yep. James Conner owners already have starting running backs. If you have a hole somewhere, this may be time to leverage James Conner. Maybe try to get a, a – you may get a ransom for him right now if you can sell him right. Especially if someone's hurting that running back. For sure. That's that's one of the plays I like. You did speak of a guy like uh, a Stephon Diggs. And these guys of the world that's not playing so well, but you know their potential. It's time to strike on those kind of guys. The same thing is you may have a, a James Conner, and this guy may have Diggs, and he may have a Daryl Henderson. Mm, yep. uh, so you may can pull both of them. You, you never really know when it comes to this trading thing. Because uh, you know harm to ask. Right. So I would definitely try to leverage some of those players that I have to go down this playoff stretch on my bench for sure. There's some couple guys I was thinking of. Odell Beckham, would you speak of him? Yep. Definitely I, take advantage of this four o'clock deadline thing because if he goes to the right team, gonna blow and, up. And it's people all excited about it, move him. <laughs> He's on your bench, move him and, and get Stefan Diggs. Who knows? Hell, somebody yeah. may give it to you. Somebody may give you James Conner. Also, they take into him. account that at this moment, he's his designation is out. Normally, right. when someone is designated as out, you can put him in your IR spot. Right. So if he's out there, 
you go ahead and grab them right now. In many leagues, they can go straight from the waiver to your IR spot, meaning that you don't have to drop anyone to pick them up. That was the situation that I found myself in. So I didn't even have to literally make a move. I just had to be paying attention. And that's Yahoo as well as uh, Sleeper. Just depending on your settings, you may they, they may never have to actually touch your bench. They can go straight to your IR spot. So make sure that you are aware of the settings of your league and see if you can make that move. And, and then there may have been a, a running back or wide receiver that you just picked up for bye weeks. And maybe you can throw them back out into the trash heap, pick up an Odell Beckham, throw them in the IR. And then even if you have to go back to get that person later, you can still do that. But you definitely want to go ahead and pick up this lottery ticket right now. For sure. And some of the things that you were just mentioning, it actually ties into the next point. Start making moves now for your playoff run. To some people that haven't actually looked at the matchups going into the playoffs, it may seem strange that you may ask for who seems to be a lesser running back and you're giving up a better running back, but you're also giving them the toughest playoff schedule that they can imagine. And you may end up going up against that person and their quote unquote lesser running back ends up putting up more points. It's not about necessarily talent. It's about who's more likely to put up points. And if you're already in the playoffs and you're not fighting for a spot, it behooves you to go ahead and make subtle moves, whether that's picking up an additional defense that has a really good playoff run or has a good maybe, you know, week 16, week 17 matchup. And you already are looking like you're going to have the buy for the first week of the playoffs. Uh, same thing with kickers. These are the sort of things you, you, you may want to go ahead and get rid of that kicker that's kicking ass and taking names because you know that they're in a spot where. Once winter comes along, they ain't going to be able to do much of anything. Their team might not even attempt to kick the ball or throw the ball very much, i.e. a Cleveland or a Green Bay type situation. There are just certain places that once winter kicks in for real, for real, their kicking and throwing just isn't on the same level as what it is during the other parts of the year. So start looking and paying attention as far as your playoffs are concerned is the other bit of advice as far as the dog days of fantasy are concerned. What you got on that one, Bear? I definitely like, I'm that guy. I like to look ahead. Uh, I like to look at the playoff schedule and see which running backs have the, the sweeter uh, schedule. Mm-hmm. And those are usually some of the running backs I like to go after in my leagues and, and leagues past. Uh, so that's one of my strategies. I look at that week. Well, this year is a little different with the playoff schedule now, but usually, you know, you look at that week 15, 16. Right. Well, this year it'd be 17. So Correct. If you're looking ahead and you see green and these guys got the worst, they're going against the worst run defense this week and the third worst that week. And a lot of times you can find those guys and they may not have the sexier names, but you know, they're able to produce maybe like a Henderson, uh, maybe yep. like a Connor and guys like in that kind of like middle of the pack kind of guys. I like last trade. year, it would have been David Montgomery and mm-hmm. um, your boy Taylor. From Indy. Right, right. If you looked ahead and saw their playoff schedules, you could see that based on what they do against teams that aren't good against the run, there's no way they shouldn't put up points their entire playoff appearance. So right. those are the type of moves that you may want to be looking for. For sure. So maybe teams like the Jets, you know, Lions, these, time, these teams that are horrible against the run, uh, whoever they're facing in these weeks, if you know you're going to, especially if you're, if you're a team that you know you're going to make the playoffs and you know you're going to be around. When that time comes, this is definitely probably a move you definitely want to make. Especially if you have one of those running backs that has the name, but the schedule is horrific at the end. Because a lot of times you have a guy, you may have a Dalvin Cook, but his last three games are against Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and New England. Like, it's going to no be rough. Bueno. You, know what <laughs> <Right>. I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's going to be, be average rough. as fuck. <laughs> right. 
And you definitely don't want to get your heart broken at the end of the season. I've seen it happen so many times where you have a running back that's having a hell of a season. He's getting you 15, 16, 20 fantasy points. And then it comes down to when it's time to, you know, for the rubber to hit the road, he's got six. And then you take that running back like a cook, like, for example, I'm not saying this. This is the guy that you necessarily go move. But I'm just saying, for example, you have a cook and then you may have a player that has a better wide receiver than you have and a slightly lesser running back than you have. And they may just see that name, Dalvin Cook. And the value is there if you're looking at the trade in a vacuum because Cook is worth this number one wide receiver and this back-end number one uh, running back or or high-end wide uh, running back, too. And they're looking at like, well, why would you do this? Hell yeah, let me smash accept right now. But what they didn't realize is they gave you two players that are likely to help you win your championship versus the one player that's likely to disappoint you later on. That's the way you have to look at the playoffs because it's zero to zero at that point in time. It has nothing to do with how many points they they put up to get you to where you were going. Um, I'll give you an example. A guy like Nick Chubb. He has a, a pretty uh, nice schedule going into the, the playoffs. Now, his the last game of the season, which would be the championship game, he has Pittsburgh, which would probably be a lot tougher. But going and down the stretch, I mean, he got Detroit, he got Baltimore twice, and then he got uh, the Raiders and then Green Bay. So he has a very great schedule going down the stretch. So if you're one of those teams that you need to win on, win out, these would be the type of guys you want to go for also. So it goes both ways. If you already feel like you're going to be in the playoffs, you definitely want to get, uh, you know, those guys that's going to have the favorable schedules on those latter weeks. But if you're a guy and you can't afford to lose many more games, these are the kind of guys like a Nick Chubb you want to go and get because it looks good going all the way into the um, championship. I've done that many years before where I looked at the schedule. I know I, um, I wasn't in position to lose many games. And I'll get those guys that have the favorable schedule just going straight into the playoffs and I'll get in. Now, once you're in, then you can, hey, you're in. Recalibrate, Anything can happen right. once you're in. But so you have two different types of uh, scenarios there for the guys that's trying to get in, for the guys that already know they're going to be in and want to win when it comes down to it. And to piggyback off of that real quick, also take into account what's likely to happen. What's likely to happen in Cleveland is that they're going to have bad weather and they're actually going to run the ball even more than they currently are. That's another reason that you may want to look at a Chubb type of a running back because he's actually going to get more run on the back half than he got on the first half. The last point that I want to bring up Believe what you see. (laughs) What I mean by that is this. We are far beyond draft capital. We are far beyond who popped off in week one and who didn't pop off in week two. At this point in the season, they are who they seem to be. So believe it. There's some guys that don't have a sexy name that are outproducing other guys with the sexy name. Don't be the one to go trade for a name and end up with less points versus believing what you see and stand in the flames with the guys that are actually producing. Now, the one thing that you do want to take into account is how are they producing? Why are they producing? And is it sustainable? So if the production that this wide receiver or this running back has gotten has been only with garbage teams and now you see for the rest of the season, that's actually the tougher part of their season or it works the opposite way as well. If you see that the reason that they have been so bad is because they've gone up against dominant teams, but they normally put up numbers, well, then it's likely that they're going to be able to do what they normally do when they get to the softer part of their schedule. So don't be the one that gets fooled into taking someone that is going to end up screwing you over because of what they did or didn't do. 
but believe what you have seen. So if that's a, let's say, Cooper Cup, for instance, don't get cute and trade a Cooper Cup for a Hopkins and a, a RB3 because you think that, well, Hopkins has the sex year. Now. Okay, yeah, but Cup is obviously in a situation to whereas he can run with this wide receiver one for the rest of the year that he's pretty much had thus far, barring injuries. So you want to be the one that's going out there and saying, well, hey, I'll give you my uh, Stefan Diggs and I'll give you my Melvin Gordon for a Cooper Cup. It may in your head seem crazy just based on past production, but what have you done for me lately? That's the way you got to look at it. Believe what you see and base your decisions based on what you see. Make sure you have sound logic when you point out to yourself why you've seen what you've seen. I got another trick up the sleeve. A lot of James Conner owners. I like the James Conner because right now he's a hot, he's a hot he's topic. Hottest. Right. If you're a James uh, James Conner owner, more than likely he probably was on your bench. All right. So this may be a nice time to play off of the. And if, and if you want these teams. Maybe you only got one loss so far this season. You, you're going to be in the playoffs. Why don't you take James Conner and leverage him? Now, this is risky. Trust me. But roll the dice and go get Derrick Henry. Because mm. the Derrick Henry owner right now, he is hurt. He is struggling. Most Derrick Henry owners, they spent their high draft pick for him. I don't think you'd have to spend. I think No, 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 no. Not straight time. up. No, no, not straight up. Okay, okay, okay. Not straight up. Go get a package and put Derrick Henry in the package and maybe get another position off that guy's team that you want. That you can use maybe a tight end. Maybe you maybe you need that tight end right now. Maybe you need that third wide receiver right now. But play off Derrick Henry. Use a Connor, someone he may be in trouble. He need to get that guy. He need to get somebody in there that, that can play from here on out and sit back and just chill because you very much like in, in our league, we have a guy, he has Najee Harris and Nick Chubb at running back. So think about this guy. You got Nick Chubb and you got uh, Najee Harris at running back, and you got Connor on your bench. So imagine That's in a flex league. Yeah, imagine a flex league. He can uh, take a Najee Harris and go get. Oh, you can take a Najee Harris maybe. Keep keep Connor. Take a Najee Harris and go get Derrick Henry. Like the Derrick Henry owner right now needs some production at running back. So based on what you're saying, you have a good feeling that Derrick Henry is going to return prior to season's end. I think so. And and what better time for him to return than? Your championship game. If you're one of these owners that feel like you're already going to be in the in the running for the playoffs in your league, you see what I'm saying? So now you're just adding more firepower to what you already have. I can see that being a risky strategy. It's, it's but risky, but if it hits, it can it can work. Like you can be like the other side of the coin is it's seemingly risky, but actually mm -hmm. not so much because you're you're pitching this to a specific set of people, right? Only yes, yeah, so definitely. And these are guys already, already in above water. Yeah, right, you already above right. water. You already have. You already have starters already. Right. So, like, this is a guy with the that three guy running backs. That guy was on your bench, so you're, right. not, you're not hurting by – I mean, unless bench points some kind of – in some weird way in some leads kind of works his way in, mm -hmm. you're not hurting at all. And you would rather see Henry hop in there in week 16, 17 than having Connor still sitting on your bench. Not right. to mention the fact that it's going to open up an additional roster spot. There, there may be that tight end or that wide receiver. Maybe Hunter Renfro is still on your on your waiver. People aren't really paying attention to the fact of his consistency, especially if you're looking at a PPR league. Maybe you can get that guy because you had because you put a Henry in your IR spot and you moved a counter type right. of a situation. So yeah, I can definitely see that. Great stuff. So it's only for that owner though. So if you're at the bottom and you need to yeah, win if you're games, struggling, don't, don't, don't do, do this. That. <laughs> don't do that. Nah. This is not for you. <laughs> no, nah, not at all. But I believe that pretty much takes care of the, the dog days of fantasy advice.
Well, if you're looking for us again, Fantasy Football Fiend on IG, Fantasy underscore Fiend on Twitter, and for Facebook, Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. And we out.